When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. The spiritual path to a happy and healthy life is not a straight line. It's a twisty, turny, windy road. And sometimes when we hit those dips, it can be hard to remember that we are still moving forward, that we're learning, we're growing. In this episode, I talk about a recent experience I had of having one of those moments where you fall back onto old patterns, old ways of being, and the grace that you can allow yourself to move forward with love and kindness and compassion, how to use your soul recovery to remember that every part of your journey is important to allow yourself the grace of healing. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Positive results in our lives will follow. Hello and welcome to Recover Your Soul. I am Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I'm so honored that you're here spending time with me today on soul recovery. For today's episode, I want to talk about the fact that Soul recovery, healing, growth, spiritual development, emotional growth is not a straight line. And I know that for me, this path has been windy in so many ways. And every single time I make it through one of my dips, I'm so grateful for what I've learned. I'm so grateful that I can make it to the other side. I'm so grateful that I'm picking myself back up and asking for help, asking for guidance from my higher power, asking to see things differently, to be able to learn and grow. But when you're in the depths of one of the dark moments or one of the slips that we can call it sometimes now, and instead of saying it's a relapse, it's really just a slip back into old behaviors, old thought patterns, old beliefs, and To give ourselves grace, that's what we're learning in soul recovery, is how to be gentle to ourselves, how to have self-compassion, loving kindness, to allow ourselves to go through whatever it is that we're going through. When I have my moments where I fall back into fear and pain and doubt and lack, it's so interesting how easily we fall into that pit into that darkness. 
And I was talking to somebody recently about how we we can recognize warning signs. You know, that pit is on our path. We're, we're moving along the path. We're on a straightaway. You know, you think that things are going really well. And there's warning signs that come up. And we don't heed the warning signs, kind of like when you're driving and it has to say there's a windy turn coming. You need to reduce your speed. There's there's something coming along that you need to be wary of. And if we've driven that road a million times or we feel super comfortable, we don't pay any attention to those warning signs. Very different than when we're in a new environment and we're reading every sign, we're, we're being cautious. In a way, when we're on our soul recovery journey, it's like when we first start, we're so vigilant about our practice. We're so mindful and aware of where we're at at every moment. And then we become lackadaisical about it or more relaxed in the 12 steps in AA in the big book. It says we sit on our laurels, that we get complacent. And then we're not reading the warning signs. And then there's a big marker right before a big pothole or a big dip. And we don't notice it because we're not present. And then when we fall into that darkness, when we fall into that pain, it can be hard to remember our journey. We're present right there in that moment of suffering. And what I want to share with you in my own experience of how this happens in my own life is that it's okay to be there. You know, sometimes I get caught up even when I'm in a dark moment that says, Rachel, you're supposed to be helping people. You're supposed to have be this spiritual teacher. How can you be feeling so sad right now? And then I think, wow, if I was coaching somebody, what would I say? I'd say this is telling you something. This is part of where you need to be. This is part of your release. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to be hurting. It's okay to be afraid. And when I allow myself that positive self-talk, that kind, gentle self-talk that I coach people on and share with you here on the podcast, it really helps me to remember my spiritual self. And when I'm in that hole, in that dip that feels heavy, I can recognize that I'm in the part of me that almost relishes, almost attaches to, almost is wanting to be in that place because it's a lot of work to be always moving forward and attaching ourselves to positivity, uh, choosing how we see it, not letting other people's stuff affect us. It's, it's a lot of work. And in a way, when you fall into that moment where you just say, I wish somebody was different. I wish my life was different. I wish that in the podcast I recently did on regret, I wish that I had chosen differently. I wish I wasn't at this place here. I wish it was different. I wish that circumstance had been different. I wish my relationship with myself was a little different. And I think that I did that podcast because it's in my mind. I'm, I'm swirling around with some of these feelings and I'm processing them and working them out and working on my own levels of acceptance. I've been listening to Ram Das, who was a teacher for a long time. 
was part of the psychedelic movement and came back and forth from India and to America and spoke at length to thousands upon thousands of people, bringing some of this Eastern thought consciousness to the United States around awakening, around opening up our hearts and our minds to something totally different. And you know, 50 years ago, when he started doing this, these concepts, even the concepts that I talk about, were so foreign. They were not what Americans and in the West that we thought or believed. You know, we've rapidly grown as a society so much in the last hundred years. It's just unbelievable where we are from 1923 to 2023. If you look back at pictures of what it looked like in 1923 with horses and buggies and women wearing big fancy petticoat dresses and so much different in society to where we are today. It's been this incredibly rapid change. So in one of his talks, he was talking about some of the principles, some of the Eastern philosophy principles that say that the way is made easy if you have no preferences. And I've been thinking a lot about that because it's part of what we talk about in soul recovery is this concept of our attachment to how we wish that it was. The feeling, the pain is not what we want to be keeping ourselves from. And when I'm in those moments where I'm in the dip, what I need to remind myself, and I do remind myself, and is what helps me be able to get out of it in a few days or a week where it used to take me, gosh, weeks, months, maybe even years that I would be in that hole of darkness. And I can come out of it faster because I, I can witness and recognize my preferences, my attachments, my desires of how I get caught up in old parts of me, younger parts of me. And those parts of me, as I said, are almost relishing that, that desire for it just to be, oh, just different. Man, if it just looked like this, why does it have to be like the way that it is? If my relationship just looked different, if my situation with my kids was just different, if the world was just different, but I can look at that and I can come to this place where I just stop judgment. You know, judgment can be hard on us both ways. It can be hard on us in the way that we're judging ourselves negatively and saying, oh, you shouldn't be thinking these things. What's wrong with you? You're supposed to know better. You have all this under your belt. Why aren't you okay all the time? Right? That's what my mind was telling me. But we can also get caught up in the judgment that says, supposed to be happy, or when it's happy, we're judging it as being, this is what I want, you know, then we get attached to, oh, good, it's good now. And I just want it to stay like this. And that's equally as dangerous, because life is impermanent. And the only thing that we can count on is change. And it's always moving and growing. And so in this past moment where I came back from the trip with Rich and so much stuff happened, you know, in terms of Bodhi getting hurt and dealing with the kids partying and, and dealing with complexities in 
communication and relationship. I think that what I come to with myself in my situation uh, is that in a way I have created a world for myself that is completely supportive of the spiritual journey that I'm on. It's pretty peaceful and pretty quiet. And I forget, I actually forget how affected I can be by the people around me. That's part of my being an empath. That's part of my codependency. That's part of, I had my human design done recently. It actually isn't part of my human design element that I am easily affected by the people around me. I think that many of us who are helpers or problem solvers or peacemakers, we have this aspect of ourselves of how easily we can be affected by the energies and the intensities of the people around us. And that it's our constant practice to witness that, not to judge it. Again, we're, we're learning how to let go of judgment, both the positive and the negative, to let go of the judgment and just witness the truth that we are easily affected by people, that it's actually okay that we weren't seeing the warning signs. In a way, it's beautiful that our lives have become in a way where we were feeling confident, that we were feeling secure in ourselves, that we weren't reading the signs, and that falling into that pit, into that pothole, is okay. That it's okay. That this is part of our being able to honor ourselves and our feelings, to recognize how attached we are to the people around us, to the world around us, to the energies. Because if I don't practice that, if I don't go into those moments where I I have to come out of it, I'm actually denying myself the ability to be in the world because I can't be locked up in my own cave of my own Zen, my own spiritual practice that makes it so that I can't go out in the world. That's not the point. The point is actually that we are armoring ourselves, not from the perspective where we're putting up a shield that says, I refuse to let you hurt me and I'm going to carry my weapons and I'm going to be strong here and I'm going to make sure that I'm closed. What we're saying is I'm actually protected and I'm protected in the sense that I can fall into a dark moment and know that I'm going to be okay. Know that this is part of it, to journal it, to look at it. What are the pieces that are still coming up for me? What are the younger parts of me that still need attention? And what I came out of in this past situation was that I try to be so self-reliant. This is part of my story, my patterns, my belief structure, my underlying subconscious belief structure, that I need to be self-reliant that I don't want to or need to ask for help emotionally, spiritually, physically, that as an only child, as somebody who got a lot of reward and um, praise for being so independent, that I don't want to ask for help because I think it makes me weak. It makes me open to being hurt, actually, is what it is. 
that I, I have plenty of experiences in my life where I did ask for help or I needed support or I needed something and it wasn't there for me. Just came to me. I have this memory of I was in college in Boulder, Colorado, and I locked my keys in the car with the car running at a store. And I called, this is before cell phones. So I called my, I called Rich's house and we were just boyfriend, girlfriend then. And the person who answered the phone was one of his roommates, right? Cause there's no cell phones. There's no texting. There's no way to get a hold of somebody other than call people's house phones and see if you could get somebody. And I think I had an extra set of keys at that house. And so the one person who answered the phone, I was like, hey, can you run over to me with this extra set of keys? And his answer was no. And I remember feeling really exposed and vulnerable in that moment, that it seemed so simple to me. How could he be literally five minutes away and say no? And it just reinforced for me a part of me that said, don't ask for help because they won't help you. And I remember I didn't have a key to uh, my boyfriend's house, to Rich's house, I think. So I actually had to walk up to the university and go into Rich's classroom and find him and uh, wait for him to finish class. And then he drove me down and we went and got my car. That memory really sticks out to me because not being able to ask for help in one place was so painful. And yet there was help that I did have support. So I think what ends up happening for me and my relationship with Rich is that he and I have this constant push pull of what that support looks like and what it's looked like over the years and how we interact with each other and my learning to let go of control. And sometimes my learning to let go of control doesn't benefit me in the sense that I feel like I can't ask for what I need because I'm trying to just allow everything to be. So I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And then I remind myself, this podcast is me sharing with you my journey, my soul recovery journey. And that when I'm learning and I'm growing, then I have something that I can share with you that is part of the experience. I don't have it all figured out yet. I've never claimed to have it all figured out yet. And actually that's what people come back to me and say resonates with them is that I'm here with you. We're doing this together. Some days are really great. And some days I can use the tools so well. And some days I feel like my soul is in a place I can't even believe that it is. And sometimes I'm just in the pit of my humanness in the pit of my heartache, in the pit of my sadness, the complexity of life. What ended up happening in this situation was the reminder that I can ask for help and to stop feeling like I'm alone. I never feel alone in the sense that I have such a deep connection with my higher power like I never did before, but I can isolate there. And so I'm still in the world with my husband and my kids and my friends and out in the existence of, of everybody. And my desire to hide and keep it to myself is actually one of my dark sides of myself, one of those places of myself that, that I'm working on. 
that I'm growing, that I'm shifting, that I am working on changing that belief structure that says you have to do it yourself. It's not safe to ask for help. It's not safe to need somebody really is what it is. It's not safe to let people in because they might hurt you or they won't be there for you. And because Rich and I are still so new, really, five years doesn't feel like that much. We're still new in this. We're still new in our growth and our spiritual path together in this healthier way. You know, we had 25 years of being together that had so much dysfunction. So five years is still new. It's the same with sobriety that you can say, oh, you should know more by now. Well, I drank for a really, really long time. I was in those old patterns for a really, really long time. And so can I give myself grace that I'm going to fall into those pits, but they're not as dark and they're not as deep and I don't stay there as long. And can I allow myself to be compassionate to myself? Can I see myself as this human being that is learning how to incorporate the spiritual side of myself and this human side of myself that still has so much to work out, so many layers to unpeel? So when I talked to Rich and he asked me what was going on, because he could tell that I was just off a little bit. And it's interesting, I still don't always do it very well. I have in my mind, and I coach on how to communicate with people, but I witnessed my younger self not know how to share my feelings. And our pattern is that he gets defensive because he's hearing me say, you're not enough for me. And that's painful to him. But I can watch it in a different way. It's profound to see myself in these conversations in a much clearer aspect than I used to and to catch myself before I say or do something that I used to say or do and and try to come at it in a different way. And he was doing the same. I could watch us try to learn how to communicate in a different way. And then we each had some space. He went off to band practice and, and and I had time to reflect. And in that reflection time, my spiritual self came back. It's like I crawled out of the pit and looked down at it and said, yeah, man, it's dark and painful down there. And it's no wonder that it still exists because I'm still human because I'm still doing this work, because my heart still has a lot in there that needs processing out. And I don't want to just shove it all down. I don't want to pretend like it's not there and just say, oh, everything's great. And I never have any problems and I never get my feelings hurt and I never feel abandoned and I never feel left out. You know, all the stuff that happened on that weekend was a lot. (laughs) And having a kid get hurt like that is a lot. It's no wonder that we both went into ways of coping that are old and really tied into aspects of ourselves that are who we've been for such a long time. And I'm so grateful that what used to take us months to get over is over in a day. 
And he came back from practice and we both were able to refresh and share our perspectives from much healthier and more supportive aspects for ourselves to take responsibility for our own pain, for our own needs, you know, that can't be met and to love each other and to see each other in ways that are really profound. But mostly what I am grateful for is that I can see myself in tenderness and kindness, that I can love myself in a way that is new, that is kind, that is forgiving, that allows myself to be on this windy, windy path. And so now I'm a little more in vigilance. I'm a little more in, okay, let's make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Let's not bypass my routine, my spiritual routine. And let's see this as my continued learning in the curriculum of life of how to be out in the world and how to incorporate all of it so that I can really allow these two aspects of myself, my my true human self and my spiritual self to integrate. We're wanting to integrate and resource ourselves. That's what soul recovery is. And I'm on the path and it is windy and it is complicated and it is strange. If you need help with this, if you are also on a windy path and you're looking for support, you're looking for some guidance, I encourage you to set up coaching sessions with me. This is what we are working on. And having somebody else to help us through the process is incredibly profound because we do get into this place where we think we personally have to manage it, figure it all out for ourselves. And that reaching and asking for help is essential. And I'm grateful that Rich was there to help me to help me be able to see some of my blind spots and to work on this growth with me, to help me to come back out and reconnect to my higher self, my true self, my healed self. And I'm going to do a bunch of processing and work on journaling and connecting with those younger parts of me that that are asking for attention and have some more things to teach me and show me. We're in this together. Together we can do the work that will recover your soul. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my soul recovery journey? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with higher power, whatever that is for you, and then to discover and step into a happy and healthy life of your making. You can also become part of the Soul Recovery Community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's on Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website and get your Zoom link. It's the same link every month. We're also on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and now even Insight Timer. Yes, lots of ways to connect. There is even a private Facebook group that will allow you for more communication and conversation about soul recovery with your community. 
if you'd like an extra bonus episode every Friday, you can become an Apple Podcast subscriber or choose your tier level of giving on Patreon. I'd also love all the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time and give me five stars, a quick review, share the podcast with friends and family, make sure you're subscribing however you listen to the podcast. We're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you, thank you for going to the website, pushing the donate button, and giving whatever feels right to you. It means so much to me because I have this mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, everything that you do to be part of this community is making all that happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.